Courageous Centered Responsibility. Hi, everybody. This is Heather Vickery, and you have tuned in to the Brave Files podcast. Welcome back. I'm so thrilled to have you here with us today. How do you feel about embracing all of your thoughts and feelings without judgment, treating them with love and compassion? And what about your body? What if you treated your body with love and compassion rather than with judgment? Whoa, that feels like, man, that feels really bold, doesn't it? But what if this simple, although I will admit not easy, decision could actually heal you in physical ways? Wow, y'all, I am so moved by this week's episode with Sarah Hagstrom. She joins us to share her personal journey through healing herself with a mind-body connection. Sarah says, don't just trust the experts. Get to know yourself, trust yourself, and advocate for yourself. And remember that stress and emotions that are left unattended to show up as physical issues. I think we all know that's true, even if we're not always willing to admit it. These are some powerful words. We want you to give words to your truth and understand that this is where healing starts. You're going to really enjoy this episode. There's so many wonderful, powerful nuggets and things for you to really sit with and, and understand, lean into, and try. And speaking of healing, how are you feeling, my brave ones? Are you currently finding yourself sort of stuck in the void, in a sort of no person's land of no longer being who you used to be, but not quite who you're becoming? Are you feeling disconnected, lost, disoriented, maybe a little confused? If this is you, then I think I might have a solution for you. I invite you to explore my new coaching experience, The Incubator. Inside The Incubator, we're helping you transform from who you were before into who you're becoming. And we're doing it in this really beautiful way by holding communal space with gentle guidance to understand who and what You want to be in this next phase of you with guided curriculum of proven system strategies and boundaries. We're combining deep, deep soul work. There's breath work, custom affirmations, forgiveness and surrender techniques, EFT tapping, and personalized meditation strategies, as well as personalized coaching, accountability relationships, and some of those good old-fashioned type A systems to get you from one place to the other. It's time to find your community, get accountability, have your own cheering squad, as well as someone to call you on your bullshit when necessary. You can get out of this void. It's time. The world is ready for you. Are you ready? Are you ready for the new version of you? This 16-week journey starts in January, and applications are being accepted right now. Applying is free and simple. Once you apply, you'll have a one-on-one call with me directly, and from there, we'll decide if the incubator is the next best step for you. You can visit vickeryandco.com slash incubator to get more information and to do that application and get that call with me scheduled right away. I am so excited to meet you where you are in the world right now and help you transform into the next beautiful, brave, bold, badass version of you. You're listening to The Brave Files, where we share stories from people who've stepped out of fear and into bravery in every possible way. What we know for sure is that when we choose bravely on purpose, 
We choose bigger, we win bigger, and it's contagious. It's our hope that these stories connect with you and encourage you to embrace bravery in every possible way, day after day. Together, we can build a movement that enriches both our lives and our communities. The Brave Files is brought to you by Vickery & Co., a success and leadership coaching firm dedicated to helping you build a life and a business that you are absolutely in love with. Vickery & Co. offers group programs, membership communities, one-on-one coaching, VIP days, corporate trainings, workshops, keynote speaking, and so much more. Visit vickeryandco.com to get all the details. Hi, folks. Welcome back to The Brave Files. You know, we often think of fear as something that keeps us small and stuck, and it can, in fact, do all of those things. But there's also the flip side of fear. I call it the empowering side of fear. It's also the brave side. This side of fear informs us, and it allows you and me and everyone else to dig deeper into ourselves and find ways to heal, grow, and prosper. And today, I welcome my guest, Sarah Hagstrom. She joins us to talk about her journey through fear and learning to heal her own body through a mind-body approach. Sarah is determined to make the world a healthier and happier place through her growing health coaching business with healthy bottom lines. And she helps folks establish strong foundations from the start, which we all know is really, really important. Sarah, welcome to The Brave Files. Heather, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for that intro. I love it. Yeah, you love that? Yeah, I like it. (laughs) I always try to put a little spin on the bio that we hear or see everywhere when we see your name. Yeah, it's nice. I'm a fan. (laughs) Thank you for that. I love it. Yeah. And you guys can't see this, but maybe Sarah can send us a picture. She's got this gorgeous. Tell folks about your neon sign that's behind you. My neon sign, it's fun. So it's bright pink and it says the Coach and Grow Co., which is our company name. And I was telling you before, it just brings me a lot of joy. I had seen neon signs a lot just in um, a lot of times in coffee shops. Actually, I'm in San Diego and they're kind of popular down here. And I was like, I need one of those for my office. Um, And so, yeah, that is the neon sign. I love that. And we should all do things that bring us joy simply for the sake that they bring us joy. There should be so much more of that in the world. Yeah, I heard a quote recently and it really stuck with me. And it was an interview where this lady was talking about how as humans, we have so many opportunities for joy throughout the day, but we don't take them because we feel like we need to do our to-do list or work or responsibilities. And I was like, and all we want, you know, is to experience joy and happiness and love. And yet we bypass all of these opportunities every single day. I love that. We we do. I mean, I don't love that we overlook them, (laughs) but I, I love the idea of not missing your joy opportunities. So later, everyone who listens to the show already knows this is coming, but later I'm going to ask you about celebration. And to me, that ties into this, this notion that when, you know, the more we embrace joy, the more joy there is to embrace. The more we celebrate, the more celebration, the more there is to celebrate. You know, it goes the same way for bravery. And and I think so many other things. So this is a really great opportunity to actually get you to to share with us your backstory. So I, I teased everybody and I said, we're going to hear about your journey through fear and healing your own body through a mind-body approach. So let's go all the way back uh, and tell us a little bit about about what those fears were and how they were impacting your life. 
Mm, yeah, great question. So I grew up in a very dysfunctional home. I grew up with a single mom who was doing the best that she could, but struggles with addiction. And so I had a lot of fear growing up around who is going to take care of me? Who is going to handle life? You know, I, I remember thinking this at three years old and having this feeling of, well, nobody around here is going to, so I have to do it myself. I have to figure things out myself. And this looked like a fear of the future. Wow. And yeah, and a, fe- and a fear of, you know, sa- like basic needs, pretty much safety. I didn't feel safe growing up. And so I really grasped onto control and fear was kind of like just my natural habit, like where I where I resided. And so as you can imagine, if you're always in a fearful state, that's going to wreak havoc on your health. Like emotions are so that play such a huge role when it comes to health and wellness and illness and disease. And so from a young age, I suffered from, you know, digestive issues. I was sick all of the time. I was always on antibiotics. Um, I was I grew up on fast food, convenience food, just because my mom worked all the time where she was out. And so um, I developed a lot of health issues at a very young age. So yeah, that that kind of, that started my journey. And the the big turning point for me was in like when I was in college in about 2009, I remember watching a documentary, sorry guys. <laughs> She's okay. I'm like, oh, Lord, I graduated from college in 1997. Well, I would would never guess that. Um, I would never guess that. So, so yeah, I was, I was, remember being in college and I was struggling with my health and I was missing a lot of classes and I was missing work and just kind of feeling like, what the hell is going on, you know? And I, my boyfriend, my husband now at the time introduced me to a documentary and the documentary was Food Matters. I don't know if anybody has seen that. I don't know, probably came out around that time. And it's all about nutrition and how food plays a role in our overall health. And I remember watching it and it really resonated with me because it made me realize how unconscious I had become Mm. around my food choices around my health. I was just doing what everybody else around me was doing. And that was a really big moment for me. And that kind of led to all of the following moments around my health and changes that I've made. And, you know, like anything in life, it's it's these uh, periods of highs, high vibrations and low vibrations. So I was able to improve my digestion through a plant-based diet, through, um, you know, exercise and movement, things that a lot of us know now in, in 2022. Um, but then last year, I was hit with another health issue and the tools that I had before no longer worked. Mm. All right. That's part of the brave method, folks. The three R's, reassessment, reframing, resilience. Like sometimes what works really well is going to stop working. And if we're not paying attention, we miss the signs. So, that was a loves a lot of great info in a really short, like I think in like 45 seconds. So let's go back. Let's go back to that feeling of, of safety. And when you talk about, I heard you drop, you know, you ate a lot of fast food. Your mom was busy. She was probably looking out for herself. And just like you said, everyone, we're all trying to do the best we can. I mean, par- gosh, we don't go into parenting to fuck our kids up, but we come, we show up with whatever our life story is, whatever our baggage is, we show up with it and it's passed down. Gosh, 
I don't know if you've done any work around this, but I've been doing so much study on it's even passed down genetically, right? Like yeah. it becomes part of our our DNA and it takes a lot of conscious work to do what you've done, which is sort of rewrite your story and who you're going to be in the world and what you're going to pass down, not just to children, but to anyone around you. Safety and security is a pretty important fucking thing when you're a little kid. I mean, it's a big thing when you're a big kid, when you're a human, adult human. What sort of coping mechanisms do you remember putting in? So let me go back. I am, I have you read the book? You probably have The Body Keep Score. Yeah. Yeah, right? So the and that, whole- that's, that's been part of my new journey, right? And, okay. and new tools, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, so one of the most eye-opening and incredible moments in that book is when he shares that sometimes the problem has been the solution. The The thing that is now a problem for us was once the thing that saved us. So what sort of solutions when you were younger did you put in place that literally helped you maintain your sense of safety and well-being? Community was a big one. Mm. Having people outside of my family who were a safe space for me, who could show me what I did want. I had a lot of examples of what I didn't want. And I remember mm. having I remember having a, a teacher in high school who was like, you know, parents can be a great example of, you know, what we can become and what we can do and, you know, what's possible. But they can also be an example of, of what we don't want. And that can drive us too. And that can inspire us too. And so, you know, I had a lot of that in my family, but I didn't have a lot of positive role models. Mm. And so finding community outside of my home and finding these safe spaces for me, that was that was really huge. Yeah, absolutely. Any coping mechanisms, safety mechanisms that then as you started to really be conscious of what you were putting into your body and how it was affecting you, you were like, oh, I did that because, I mean, maybe it was even about eating. I don't know. I did that because that's the thing that made me feel secure. Or I don't know. I don't mean to lead the witness here. I'm curious. <laughs> I mean, you're you're right on food. A hundred percent, food. A hundred percent was something that made me feel really safe. Food brings me a lot of joy. I'm a foodie. I love food, and so I definitely had a lot of unhealthy habits around food. I remember in college, at the beginning of college, just being alone and just eating a uh, cup of noodles. I think it's called, or like just like ramen, and just because what you can afford, right? Right. I don't know about you, just, but that was and, me <laughs> totally, and just but eating and eating and eating until I was sick. And I was doing it because I felt alone, this feeling that Mm -hmm. I had felt growing up. And as soon as I started really working on these and being aware of these, I was able to change that. And food no longer became this this coping mechanism for me. Um, I was able to rebuild that relationship as soon as I had the, the basic needs, like safety, I could feel and express my emotions. Yeah. So, so yeah, the yeah. food was definitely one yeah. for a long time for me. So food is an, and so, and you've moved in. So you had this moment where you watched this documentary, you chose then to move into a, a plant-based life, I think is what I heard you say. I'm going to come at this from a really interesting angle, I think. Well, I don't know. I'm curious. So as the mother of four daughters, I have two, almost three teenagers my eldest is about to turn 18. I grew up, my mother was not negligent. She was amazing. She was a single mom. 
She was doing her best job. Fortunately, we didn't have addiction or any of those things, but we didn't have a lot of money either. And I was not raised to be food or health conscious at all. I, everything was packaged. Everything was red food dye, all, all of that. And it was all new then too. So I guess it was we wanted the new cool thing. It wasn't new by the time you got there, but for me it was. We didn't have a lot of that beforehand. And so I remember being very angry with my mom at, in college as a young adult thinking, why the fuck didn't she teach me how to eat healthy, how to make good choices? So fast forward to me becoming a parent, I sort of swung the pendulum so far the other direction that it's become problematic and I've had to find a middle ground, mm. right? Does everything have to be like, does it have to be healthy? There become perfectionism issues with, well, I'm not good if I don't eat healthy. I'm, I'm not good enough if I don't make these right, quote unquote, right choices. And so look, you, you are closer to my daughter's age than you are to mine. And so looking at that from the perspective of like, what's the safe middle ground? Because nothing is bad all the time and nothing is good all the time. And so how do we, how do we balance that when we're trying to help people think about how food and what we ingest can affect us, not just physiologically, but mentally? Mm. Yeah, I love that question. So I work with a lot of health coaches. I'm a that that's like my business is helping health coaches. So they have so many different philosophies around food and health and what you should eat and what's the perfect this or that. And I do think that every human is different. What works for one person is not necessarily yeah. going to work for somebody else, right? So we have to keep that in mind, but I will say in my experience overall removing the judgment around the food and 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 you know is this healthy is this not healthy i think that energetics play a big role in that and if you can be happy about what you're consuming if you can feel like this is what my body needs and even if it's not you know um my body needs this chocolate cake because like i am feeling like that sounds really good and that will bring me a lot of joy and happiness i think that um those those emotions and the energy going into it will allow maybe you know if it's like super processed it will allow those toxins to kind of like level out and even out because mm. you're doing it with this joyful state. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, chocolate cake is the answer for everything. It's for a lot of things, in my opinion. It is but, really the answer for most of the things. Right? I mean, for, mo <laughs> for most of the things, chocolate cake, chocolate no, cookies. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I do think that eventually, like, we do want the healthier things, you know? Like, eventually, if you remove the judgment, like— you will eventually want to eat, you know, a salad or some vegetables or some fruit. And so I really try to stay away from like this judgment of like, oh, this is bad. This is good. I think that health is so much more than the food that we're consuming. Yeah, it definitely is. And I, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I look back, I, I don't think that I was like, you're bad if you make these choices, but it was perceived that way because I was pretty hardcore about it. And so I'm learning that that was not that parents don't do that. But what you said that I that I loved, and I'm wondering if any of the work you've done can show the science behind this. I think it's true whether or not. So there's I'm not I'm not trying to stir shit, but that you can balance the physiological effects 
with your mental effects. Can we talk more about that? Like, so yeah, there, maybe it's super processed or maybe it's a ho-ho or a hostess cupcake or whatever. I prefer like homemade chocolate cake. That's just my preference. I make it at home. It's got like four ingredients. I know everything that's in it. Let's see, that's what I did with my kids. But sometimes I will buy the hostess cupcake as I'm walking out of the grocery store because those in-cap marketing campaigns are brilliant. But the idea that you can have that. And of course, we know that that's not quote unquote good for you. But if it brings you tremendous joy, how it balances, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. So I'm definitely not like going to state science. I think that there probably isn't as much research as we would like yet. I really love um, the conscious streaming service Gaia. I don't know if you are familiar with Gaia. I am not. Sorry, okay, as I so drink my totally no, toxin-filled Diet Coke. I, no, it's I, bad. I, I try to, you know, when we're doing videos, I, me too, I'm like trying to take a drink of something, but you don't want to do it while a question is coming. And so I ask you like right when you're turned around. No, I'm just like, um, I'm self-shaming as I drink a Diet Coke and we have this conversation because I know it's terrible for me and I try to only have a couple of weeks, but I'm tired today and I wanted it. <laughs> it's bringing yeah, me joy. And, but honestly, I, I so what I was going to say about the food that we're consuming and our and our um, overall health and energetics is why I believe in this and know that it works is because I do experiments on myself. Mm. When I eat something and I have a lot of guilt and shame around it, guess how I feel afterwards? I feel weighed down. I feel like I want to be in bed with a cover over my face. But when I eat, yesterday I ate these like little Oreo-like things I was like, I want those Oreos. Those look good. Like, babe, let's have some. We're eating them. Afterwards, I felt energized and excited because the experience, the environment going into it was was one of, of joy and positivity and love for my body. Like, hey, I love myself. I love my body. Let me consume this thing that's going to allow me to have more love right now. Yeah, I really like that. I started, so I have a love-hate relationship with my body. I'm super grateful for it. One of my one of my journal prompts the other day that popped up was like, do you love your body? I was like, oh, fuck you. Like, <laughs> no, but I do. I'm grateful for it. I'm particularly grateful that it brought forth for humans. Um, I think that's a pretty cool thing that bodies can do. Uh, one of the ways that I personally have been allowing myself to feel better is I stopped eating at night because nighttime eating, which I love to do, was boredom eating. It wasn't hunger. Mm. It was just something to do. So I was like, eight o'clock, it's going to be my cutoff. I'm going to hold myself to it. I'm going to do it. And I've done it now for a couple of months and I can absolutely feel the difference. I sleep better. I feel less bloated. Like I'm enjoying myself physically better. But last night I was lying in bed, tucking my nine-year-old in and I was like, I'm hungry. And I'm like, no, you're not hungry. It's late at night. It's nine o'clock. You're not hungry. And I'm like, no, no, I'm hungry. And I'm like, okay, so do I not eat because I said I'm not eating after eight or do I listen to my body? And I chose to listen to my body and not feel bad about it. I was like, nope, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. Now, what I chose to eat sat inside me like I had a, my daughter wanted a bean quesadilla and I was like, okay, I'll have one too. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. that does not feel good. But I wasn't right. mad at myself for yeah. choosing to listen because in that moment, it felt like that was what I needed. Yeah, I love that. And I... I freaking get the whole body, like, love-hate relationship. Uh, This past year, I had this new relationship with my body that I hadn't experienced, which was a lot of, like, what the hell are you doing? Mm. This this, um, 
this summer, well, leading up last year in in like March, I started having pain on my left side. And it was just a little bit of pain. And I was like, I'm fine. Like, you know, this will go away. And then I was like, okay, it's not going away. Let me get some stretching on it done. We have this place called the Stretch Lab. They stretch oh, out. Oh, like, we've got one. I haven't been yet. Do you love it? Well, my problem wasn't I needed to be stretched. So <laughs> so they're like- But do you want it anyway? <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it if you don't have other stuff going yeah. on. Because they're, they're like putting the gun, like the, oh, you know, the yeah. massage gun in really it. And up. like, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm like all these things. And like slowly each month, it gets worse. My oh body my is gosh. like getting worse. My leg is getting worse, worse and worse and worse. And I'm freaking out. I'm totally in a fear state. And none of the tools that I have are working. And it got to a point where in April, I couldn't walk. Wow. I couldn't drive. And between April and I would say probably, you know, August, I couldn't sit or stand for more than five minutes. Wow. That's terrifying. Terrifying. And, and yeah, it was, it was just the, and for me, you know, I had this mindset of, oh, I take such good care of my body. I exercise, you know, I eat healthy. Like, why are you doing this to me? Like, do you hate me? Like it was, it was a very dark place. Sure. Because you had been so conscious and you'd chosen to be vegan. Like, okay. Yeah. And so you're like, well, I'm just being tortured by the body that you felt like you were taking really good care of. Exactly. Okay, well, so then when you finally were like, none of this is working, this is is all bad, everything hurt. I mean, when you can't walk or move anymore. I couldn't sleep. I I was up every night at 3 a.m. Like I could sleep from like 12 to 3 a.m. for weeks. At what point do you go to the doctor? Oh, I had went to the doctor. I went to the doctor. It It started showing up. I went to the doctor like three months and they were like, you know, oh, like you're young. It's it's your hips. Like they're they're out of alignment. Like, do you do these stretches? You know, and just kind of like basic, basic, basic. And I just kept advocating knew. for myself. Yeah. I was like, something is wrong. And so, eventually, I got an MRI. And I I definitely waited longer to get one because if you've ever had an MRI, they're not my favorite. I'm not claustrophobic, but. I had one before. They didn't give me headphones. They didn't prepare me. And so I'm just in this tiny, you know, cylinder with the loudest noise. Have you ever had one, Heather? I haven't, but I have seen. Yeah. They're, they're, it's terrible. And so I definitely was like, oh, let's just wait. Let's do x-rays. Let's do anything but that. And eventually I got one in April when it got so bad that I couldn't walk or sit without pain. And it showed um, like a disc herniation. Oh my gosh. And yeah, and going into um, my nerve. Wow. My S, like my S1 nerve. And so that would cause like the leg pain. And yeah. So crazy. what causes that? Do they know? Well, so that's, that's the thing that's so crazy is everybody is like, oh, you had an accident. Did you fall? Like what happened? Oh, it must have been, you know, from childhood. And I didn't. Huh. I had I no, nothing happened leading up to it except for stress, mm. for emotions that I wasn't dealing with. And so for me, I've been on this new journey of really fe- like the body keeps score, feeling my emotions, right? Journaling, therapy, tapping, some tools that I've had before, but some that are completely 
new to me. Have you heard of Journal Speak? No. Tell oh, me. I think you would like it. I'm sure I so, would. So it's this process of journaling where you make three lists. So you make a list, and the first one is personality. Okay. The second one is childhood stressors. And the third one is current stressors. Okay. So those are like your categories. And then you write down things that are on your mind, that things that, you know, what is currently stressing you out? What things in childhood do you currently think about still? Are they still present, right? Personality traits that you have that maybe cause friction in your life. And then every day you pick one and you just, one of my girlfriends calls it rage journaling. She's like any like I can't get behind any that. right like anything that you're feeling like real emotions that you would never say out loud because society tells us they're unacceptable yet all of us feel them you just write on it for 20 minutes and you just go crazy you go ham and then afterwards you tear it up you burn it and then you meditate I and love it is that tear it up and really burn powerful it. yeah D- journaling and writing in general are really so impactful. We just talked about this in the episode, the interview I did this morning, which is going to air right before yours. So if you're listening back to back, you're going to hear similarities because this is all happening in the same day. But this idea that journaling and writing, it's just for exploration. It's just for the opportunity to learn these things about ourselves that we might not otherwise be aware of. I don't know. I should know this, Sarah, but do you have a book out? I don't have a book. Nope. So... I didn't think so, but then I didn't want to embarrass myself. Um, When I wrote my book, Fuck Fearless, you know, it was such a cathartic process. It was part Mm -hmm. memoir, it's part case study, all of these things. And then when I went back to read it, which when you're in the editing phase, you reread over and over and over again. I've read the book probably 900 times. Those moments where you go, oh, wow, that's still, I still feel that. When I read what I wrote and when I wrote, what I experienced. I still feel that moment. And journaling can certainly do that for you. And I think that's why a lot of people avoid it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, this this summer, what I, I, was, I couldn't travel. I tried to travel. I had to get off the plane halfway. I was laying on oh the floor gosh. in the airport. You poor which thing. You, you know it's bad if you're laying on the airport floor. Can you guys imagine like how dirty that is? It was, it was a low point for sure. And so I had so many times where I I mean, I think that the whole reason I experienced this was to experience and feel my emotions. Mm -hmm. I cried more than I have since I was a child. I I don't think I had really cried until this summer, like since being an adult. Wow. Wow. Well, that's really fascinating because I do know, and there's a ton of, of scientific research out there around the healing powers of crying. Crying is really necessary. Like we are built to release in that way. Why do you think you you hadn't cried? Because I had been carrying the weight of being strong and having to be in control. And for me, I wasn't comfortable with the duality, right? I felt if I'm crying and sad, then, then that cancels out my joy and my happiness. And I have a lot to be joyful and happy and grateful for. I have a great husband who is like my rock. He's so solid, great friends. You know, I have all of these things. And so I thought, you know, if I'm crying, that takes away from my happiness, my joy, my abundance. And now what do you think? 
you have you got to feel them both they they go hand in hand like the life is all about the light and the dark you can't have one without the other yeah they really do so much of my work is around helping people understand that we have what what I love to call mixed emotions that's what makes us human and you know it's interesting we talked about joy earlier I do a lot of work around gratitude. And I remember, especially during the pandemic, I had one conversation with a neighbor. I was hosting regular gratitude circles every week, inviting mm-hmm. people to come in and talk about what they were grateful for, because that's my jam. And she said, oh, I can't do that. I can't I can't be grateful when so many people are struggling. And I said, that kind of, how does that help those people who are struggling? How does your not acknowledging or honoring the things that are good for you make anything better for anybody else. And you can be empathetic. You can feel hurt with and for people. You can want to create shift and change and still be happy sometimes (laughs) and still be grateful. So you've learned to allow the acknowledgement of those balances because they were already there. You just were pretending that they weren't there. And that's, I think, what causes a lot of discomfort in my body specifically is not feeling those emotions. You know, when growing up, I had a lot of shame. And instead of, you know, talking about it or expressing my emotions, I just shoved it down. And what happened that manifested in digestive issues and discomfort. And the same was true with you know, my my back and my leg it was not experiencing the sadness and the frustration. Uh, being a business owner, there's a oh, lot of responsibility, so yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're not not sharing it or expressing it, then it, it's going to crush you. It is. So, just that has that healed you? Just like knowing that and I'm, leaning I'm, into I'm that. I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the healing path. Okay, okay? so um, I'm probably at like when we're recording this, I can probably do like an hour and fifteen minutes standing, walking, sitting is getting easier. Sitting is like the worst. Sitting's but, harder than um, standing. I've been having back issues too. Now you've got me questioning everything I know about my life. I'm like, wait, why is my back? It's hurting. <laughs> <laughs> Def- I mean, I, I, again, like we're the the cool. The, so to answer the question, I'm on the healing path. I'm not 100. percent I don't want to say that because my disc herniation is was very large. And again, for me, that is you know very like 3D. That is present in this realm that we're living in. It's it's an image. It tells one side of the story. I also believe that our bodies can heal when we give them the tools that they need to heal. So for me, a lot of it's been emotional, mm. but another aspect is I'm doing a like fitness program where I'm doing things that I normally would never do like mobility and just like reps. I don't like reps. I want to do one thing and be done. I don't want to do it like five times, you know, like so I'm doing things that I normally wouldn't do that's really helping my body get into balance because mm. One of the things for me is I favor, and I think a lot of us do favor one side versus the other. Yep. So one side working harder, it's tighter. There's more tension. Eventually, if we don't release that, it's going to cause pain too. So for me, it's been a lot of different things. But overall, this experience has allowed me to have a lot of growth and a lot of appreciation for things. When you cannot walk you know, you cannot walk your life. It's very limited. When you cannot sleep, it's very limited. And so then I'm starting to get those things back and my appreciation for them is huge. Big time. Yeah. A few years ago, I threw, well, I got frozen shoulder and I don't know why. It was probably trauma. I don't know. Some sort of undiagnosed trauma. 
And now I consistently, like I'll regularly kind of like find myself smiling, like I'm so grateful my arm works. It's, I'm so grateful that I can scratch that itch on my back or that I can reach up and, and pick that thing up off the shelf. And then my, I threw my back, nothing like what you've been going through, but I threw my back out in my sleep, although I remember it. This is so weird. I was asleep. I rolled over in my sleep and I stretched in my sleep and I moved my, like I twisted my body as I was stretching and I felt my back just like clench up. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this is so yeah. bad. So I'm all about touch therapy, physical therapy, physical massage therapy. Plus you got to do all the other shit. But yeah, it is humbling to say the least when you cannot function. And it reminds us, it's really interesting. This is another like off the random path, but you know, hidden disabilities. We don't see that. It, it helps us to, at least for me, to stay in a space of not judging the people around me, right? Because I'm going to look at you and you're young and you're healthy and you're standing right now. I can see you across the screen from me. Sorry, y'all can't see this. I'm going to see you on the street and maybe you're moving slow and maybe I'm annoyed, but I don't know. I don't know what you're experiencing or, you, or you've needed a wheelchair, but you look fine. Hidden disabilities are really important to, you know, we don't need to be in people's business. <laughs> A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. Same for me. Like I, before this, I was the one who's like, I'm in a hurry. I'm in a rush. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And this experience was like, no, you're not in a hurry. You have nowhere to go. You can't go anywhere. But then being compassionate to my fellow humans yeah. when they're going slower than I think they should, you know, like we don't know, we don't know what's going on. Um, and then, yeah, major compassion for your body because as soon as like you can't be using it how you want to use it, you're like, okay, I'm grateful. Like, even if it isn't looking how I want it to look or feeling like if you can function and get around, like that's a gift. That is definitely something to be grateful for. Big time, big time. Oh my gosh. I love it. So you use all of this. I can only imagine that much like me and a lot of other kick-ass, badass coaches that I know, the more you learn and experience things in your life, you bring that to your table at work. So how, tell us about your business and how you support other people with all of your, your knowledge and expertise. Yeah. So I help health and wellness coaches. So I, as soon as I learned about nutrition and, you know, really like woke up to it in college, I decided that I wanted to become a health coach. And so I worked as a health coach for five years and during that time, it was really rewarding. I could see a lot of people needed support and and just, yeah, I mean, really it's support. It's not like people don't know what to do. It's like there's just not a lot of, at the time, I think it's changed, but there wasn't a lot of community around healthy living like there is now. And so I started doing that and started networking with other coaches. And eventually that morphed into me working with a health coach on her business. She was interested in doing what I was doing at the time. I was running a membership site for women who wanted to lose weight on a plant-based diet um, and just eat healthier in general. And so she wanted to do that. She was a health coach, but she didn't know much about plant-based. And so we worked together and were able to grow her business. And that brought me a lot of joy. And my husband, he's like, you know, the one that's like always watching and observing, <laughs> you know, behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. He's like, hey, you really liked that. You were really good at that. What if you like did more of that? I was like, oh, I don't know. Like at the time, I don't know. We were making 
five figures a month with our health coaching business. And I was like, well, there's like millionaires out there. Like I can't help people with their business until I'm this or that, you know? Bullshit. And a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I tell my coaches that all the time too, but I had a lot of imposter syndrome going on. And so I remember, um, he's like, just put it out, just see if anybody else would be interested. And so I put it out to my, my list, my community, and I had 12 coaches right away. And they were like, I've been following you. I want to do this. Like, can you help me? And so that kind of morphed into what we do now. And so now we help health and wellness coaches, spiritual coaches build their business and find their, their unique way of doing things, their purpose, their passion, and put that into a program that they can help people get transformations with. And the biggest shift that has come out of my recent spiritual awakening health journey has been this working less approach. We Mm. have this as new coaches, you don't need to be working nonstop. It's not about doing the most, putting in the most work, the most hours. It's about the energy behind it, how you feel about what you're doing. And so we we teach this model of five hours a week, launching your business in five hours a week. I love working that. less, but doing it more effectively. Yeah. I love that. Um, that's how I teach. I do a lot of webinars and live sessions and coaching on balance. That's the word. Nobody likes that word anymore, but it's the same thing. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. Well, because they don't think you can have it, but it's because you can't have the bullshit balance that's been sold to you. It's about the way you feel. It's just what you said. It's about the way you feel at the end of the day, the week, the month, the year, about how you're choosing to spend your time and your energy. And if you feel good, then you're fucking balanced. And if you don't, then you're not. Yeah, you know when you're in balance. Yeah. You can feel it. 100%. I love that. So five hours, do you say five hours a week? Five hours a week, yeah. Hmm. That's fascinating. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, I know. But I'm, but I'm here for the do less, do more with the time that you're doing something and then, then, then don't do it the rest of the time. Yeah, Be exactly. I, I mean, yeah. well, ex- that that's the word, intentional. The thing that is so crazy and I've fallen into it where you start a business And you feel like you have to do all of the things. And so you're doing all of the things, but maybe not with your full attention and presence, right? Or with the energy that you want. A lot of our coaches are using social media and they're just like, oh, I got to put something up. I got to put something up. But, But what if, right? What if instead of just putting something up, you took an hour and you decided, hey, my intention for this is that it reaches whatever your number, you know, Mm -hmm, mm 5,000 people who need this message and you create from that space, it's going to be so much more powerful. And and I see it with my clients. They're signing clients from one post because they put the energy and the focus and the intention behind it rather than spending five hours, you know, creating 20 posts that don't reach anybody. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm here for it. I, I think I know that the intention we put into something, the energy we put into something is you can see it. And I know for me, I'm curious for you, your people who are watching who are paying attention, it comes in waves. There are going to be waves where I am riding high. I've got a lot of energy. I'm feeling great. I'm putting a ton of content out. I put it out when I when it's there, when I'm feeling it. And then when it's time for me to pull back and rest, I'm a little less out there on social media. And I'm really okay with that. I don't know. How do you is that how you do it? Yeah, I I think that I did a I did a reel about scheduling content and how I hate it. 
And how I like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, please don't ask me about what apps I use to schedule content or how to schedule it or like any of that. Because yeah, I do it based on, on how I'm feeling. And like you said, I, I have practices that allow me to get into the space of where I want to show up, but I can easily fall into the burnout model where I'm doing, Mm -hmm. I'm showing up too much and then I need to take a break a hundred percent. Yeah. Will you share one of those practices with us that help you get into that space? Yeah, of course. So I, I think one thing that you ask is about grounding, grounding practices. And I would say that that has been one of the ones that is the most powerful for me. And so what I do is I go outside and I, I I don't think it has to be outside, but I do think like if you can touch nature, it's more powerful. I feel better when I do it. I go in my backyard. I know that's not always possible, but backyard, barefoot, on the ground, and I breathe into my body, up and down my body. And I try to feel my breath from my top of my body to the bottom of my body, right? So I'm just getting this breath going up and down. Then any emotions that I'm feeling that I no longer want to carry. Lately, I've been feeling a lot of funky energy. Um, and so I just send it down into the earth, deep, mm. deep, deep into the earth. And then I breathe in new, new air, new energy. And I imagine it going up past my head into the sky and then breathing out and having it wash over me new energy. And honestly, just do that a few times, literally, even if you only have a minute or two, you will find yourself, it's like you took a shower, which taking a shower, water, I find sure, that that helps too. too. Big time. But but the grounding, really powerful. You can also, you know, hug trees, sit in nature, breathe in nature, but something about being out in the elements away, especially if you are an entrepreneur with technology, technology is such a different energy than earth energy, nature energy. So getting out in nature, I find is the thing that really sets the tone for the day. Mm, I wish I could get my kids detached from I'm not not successful in that as a parent, but yes, it's a very different energy. I love that. That feels like a really nice segue into asking you how you like to celebrate. Mm. I'm a I'm a gratitude girl, mm. which sounds like you are too. Your gratitude circle. I I love I loved a celebration. You know, um, me and my husband were talking last week about how we can look at different points in our lives, and I'm like, oh, remember this great thing that happened? Remember this great thing that happened? Remember this great? And he's like, wait, but didn't this happen too? Like, you know, something that maybe somebody would consider not as high vibe or not as positive. And I think that the more that I celebrate my wins, like the more wins I see, the more wins I experience. And so for me, I love a five minute journal. Do you know yep, that? I have one. It's like, mm-hmm. right. It's so simple. So I'm, I do that every day. It's, it's part of my journaling. I also have my journal speak, which is like the rage journal. And then I also have <laughs> my journaling as if like what I want to happen, but I like to do, and I do the five minute journal every day because it's like, you know, three things I'm grateful for. And then at the end of the day, it's like three things that went well. Yep. And so that is just always an opportunity for me to be celebrating. And so so that is something that I do. I'm always like, let's take a moment. Let's share our wins. Yeah. What went well today? Yep. What went well today and why? I mean, that's, mm. that is what positive psychology, um, Martin Seligman, all, all of those scientists, that's exactly what they teach us is, is what went well or what are we grateful for and why? So that we can repeat that behavior. We need the and why. 
I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I am. I've written two gratitude journals, certified in positive psychology. I love gratitude. It is literally life-changing. And it's so simple and it's free. You know, it's like, oh, celebrate, like go out, you know, which I like to do that too. I honestly haven't been, I've been leaving my house. It's been a few months sure. um, on the healing journey. So it's like, I got to find the stuff that's really easy to do. Yeah. Mm. If people wanted to sort of first steps into doing what you're doing, raising this deep awareness of what's physically happening in your body and how that's related to your past trauma, your emotions, your feelings, food, anything like that, where would you tell them to start? So there's a great podcast that I found on my journey and I listened to it a lot. It's called The Cure for Chronic Pain. Okay with Nicole Sachs. I think you would like her too, Heather. I think she would be a great guest on the podcast. I would recommend checking that out. She has a lot of really great podcast episodes about different different stories, different people's stories. That's really where I started. Another thing that I used was this app called Curable. That was like really helpful on my journey. It has a lot of like brain training and meditations and writing exercises. Really like on this evolution that I've been on, it's been like kind of my my whole life story. One little thing at a time leads to something else, right? Like little checkpoints. And so I would say if you're on a healing journey, just stay curious. I think that solutions do present themselves, but we have to be open to them. And that even though it might not be the thing that eventually gets you to where you want to go, that thing that cures everything, it could be a stepping stone. Absolutely. So I I recommend following those. Okay, great. Well, you guys should all go and check those out for sure. I love this idea that it is always evolving and, and we build off of it, right? It's the compound effect. One little thing on top of another. You don't have to throw it all out the window right now. You don't have to try everything right now. Just change one little thing and see what shows up for you. That's so beautiful. I love it. Sarah, will you share your favorite organization to support with us, charitable organization? So one I really like is Support and Feed, and it is serving plant-based meals to people who can't afford them, people who are on the streets. And this one hits close to home for me because of the story that I've shared. Mm -hmm. Growing up, I used a lot of food banks and you know, I just think about a lot of the food there was, you know, canned food, processed food, food that was expired, food that nobody wanted. And sure. so I really like that this organization is like, hey, let's deliver some fresh stuff. Let's deliver some nutrient-dense stuff. And so I'm pretty sure it's like Los Angeles and then the East Coast where they are currently, but it's a great organization. Okay. Yeah. Y'all get to know them. Check them out. Maybe there's an, if you're not in those areas, maybe there's one near you or you can find a way to support and connect. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. They're going to be our charity of the week. We'll give them lots of love. Yeah. Yay. Um, Will you share your three words with us one last time? Yes. The three words are courageous, centered, and responsibility. Mm. Yeah. They're beautiful. Let's just touch on on responsibility for one second. Courageous, I see, I hear, and everything you're saying centered feels like that's the center point of everything you've said is staying centered. What do you mean when you say responsibility? There's been a lot of, if I look at my story up until this point, there's been a lot of responsibility, you know? And so when I was thinking about this question, 
for me, it's hard usually to sum things up into one thing or three things. So I was thinking about it and my natural instinct is to go to the positive words. Mm. If I if I was to judge them, which I'm working on not judging, but it's these these positive words, right? And I think responsibility is one that has been part of my life since, you know, I was brought into this world. There's a lot of responsibility on me to you know, figure out how to take care of myself, figure out how to take care of my family. And then being an entrepreneur, which I chose, comes with a lot of responsibility too. And so it seems like that is something that keeps showing up in my life. I love that. Have you done, read, followed, done any of Kristen Neff's work with self-compassion? I have. Yeah. Yeah. I have her book. Yeah. Yeah. The workbook. Which was... Is tremendous. I have her book. I don't have her workbook. Highly recommend it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll put that down. Uh, I recommend that. It that was. Lo- go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say that that was a big part of, yeah, my journey this year was compassion for myself, which is so interesting because I never thought of myself as someone who didn't have a lot of compassion for herself. It, it was really eye opening. I was like, wow, like I'm not that great to myself. Yeah. A lot. I mean, so, a lot of people are in that space. And even. I think folks who are really aware, including myself, I still catch myself all the time, but at least I have the tools to go back. I I love the workbook. I recommend it to clients all the time. The book is great, but it's dense and there's a lot of case studies and the workbook is going to feel so weird. She's suggesting Mm. that you do things that feel really uncomfortable, but it Mm. is powerful, transformative, transformative. I just made up a word transformative, transformational work. When I have heard you say several times in this conversation, welcoming that without judgment. And I go for positive words too. I'm, I'm anti-toxic positivity. We're not always happy. It doesn't always feel good, but I'm always like, let's frame it in a way that puts our best energy forward. But we still, these are those mixed emotions that you talked about before. We still feel whatever it is we're feeling, angry, frustrated, bitter, sad, mad, hurt, and also maybe grateful or we can find the joy or the silver lining or we have excitement for something. And so learning to bring those things forth without judgment has been game-changing work for me. That's for sure. Same, 100%. Oh my gosh, I love that. How can people find you, get to know you, follow you, connect with you if they want to? Yeah, I would love it. So I also have a podcast. It's called Why Can't I? And it's all about confidence as a woman. And I'm also on social media on all the platforms. I am favoring Instagram right now. So it's just my name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, So it's just my name, Sarah underscore Hagstrom. And then if you wanted to check out our website, it is thecoachandgrow.co. I love it. Sarah, thank you so much for being here and being so authentic and vulnerable and honest about the fact, you know, I think folks like you and me, I had somebody just yesterday who said, "Um, but you make it look so easy. Like people assume we've got it all figured out. And I really appreciate you coming in and saying, no, not really. Like we're all just trying to do our best and it's okay if that's what you're doing too. Yeah. Having the human experience, we're literally all going through this and experiencing this at the same time. So I think if we can come together and, and be honest and be compassionate then we're going to have a much easier time. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It was such a joy. I'm so glad to know you, and I appreciate your, your time here with us today. Thank you. All right. Bye.
Wow, that was great, folks. I love that. I love what Sarah brings to the table, this whole mind-body evolution. And I really appreciate her raw honesty that sometimes what works stops working. And we want to be present and aware to what's shifting in our lives and our minds and our bodies so that we can bring the very best version of ourselves to the table as often as possible. I hope you loved it. I want to hear what you think. You always know that you can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're enjoying your podcast. It means the world to have you do that. And I love to hear. So you can always find us on Instagram at The Brave Files. When you go there, you can send me a DM and let me know what you think of the show. It would be great to hear from you for sure. I also want to remind you that I do a weekly live show called Brave in Action, where I share with you just a little bit of a a new idea, an inspiration, a spark on how you can put your bravery into action each and every day. Be sure to check out the Brave in Action weekly live show every Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. Central. You can find us on Instagram via my profile, which is at Vickery & Co., or on YouTube. You can find all of those links by visiting vickeryandco.com slash social. Until we meet again, which I hope will be very soon, this is Heather Vickery reminding you today and every day to go out and choose bravely. Bye now. You've been listening to The Brave Files, stories of people living courageously. Visit us at thebravefilespodcast.com to learn more about the show, find our show notes, and access full episode transcripts. And we'd love to know what you think of the show. We invite you to connect with us via Instagram and send a DM. You'll find us at the Brave Files podcast on Instagram. Our music was created and produced in a custom collaboration with Matt Lewis from ML Creative Consulting, a boutique firm dedicated to helping clients identify their unique sound and amplify their brand with custom delivered soundtracks. Special thanks to everyone on Team Brave from our audio engineer to our producers, associate producers, copy editors, writers, and support team. The show wouldn't exist without them, and we are eternally grateful. I'm your host and executive producer, Heather Vickery. Thanks for tuning in.